Hello and welcome to the Lavender Menace. I am one of your co-hosts, Renaissance Marie, and I am ready to wrap up 2022 like nobody's business. Let's <laughs> let's, let's get this, this shit over behind with. us. Right. Let's wrap this shit up. <laughs> um, and yeah. on to you. Yeah, I'm Sunny. I'm your other co-host. And yeah, 2022 was a wild-ass ride. I pulled my tarot last night, and it was crazy. It was crazy. Because I pulled... It was past, present, mm-hmm. future. I pulled the tower as my past, which is, like, mm-hmm. the, like... That shit is, like... Shit's hit the fan. Like, everything is falling apart. And then, uh-huh. for present, I pulled the star, which is in the Major Arcana, the immediate follow-up to the tower, which is, like... Things have happened, but now we're healing and everything is going better. And like we're we're having peace and we have to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. live in this peace. And then for my future, I pulled the Ace of Cups, which is like love has come into your life. Your cup is overflowing. There is there's good things happening. And that's my future. So I think that okay. is very much a definitive Real. sort of 2022 delineation of things that have happened. The Tower, the Star, yeah. Ace of Cups. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I, I'd say I'd say that's that's pretty act one, act as, two, act three. Right, of as what the has number one sunny historian, you. <laughs> yeah, you I'd say I'd say that goes with my notes that I've taken and the findings. <laughs> <laughs> the um. findings please oh gosh but yeah thanks so much for joining us this year if you have joined us this year our spotify wrapped like stats on our end for the podcast info was crazy we posted that on like instagram and twitter because yeah like i think we were one of the number one most shared podcasts like globally and we definitely made like we in our category which i think under spotify it's like comedy because you know we're, we're hashtag funny right yeah. uh, and so under the comedy <laughs> category we <laughs> i think we made mm-hmm. spotify told us that we made more content than like 95 percent of other creators <laughs> in this category which yeah yeah, I think it's crazy. I remember when we started, I don't know how hashtag real this stat is, mm-hmm. but like that most podcasts don't make it past episode 10. And oh, really? I remember mm-hmm. when we hit episode 10 and I was like, that shit was so, like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, yeah, what? <laughs> now we can't stop. Yeah. There's no, it's like, how is this going to end? Because yeah, in 2022, we put out 23 episodes. It'd be funny if it was 22 Mm -hmm. episodes in 2022. Okay, the thing is, is that when we started this podcast, like two years ago at this point, a little less than two years ago, it was still, Mm -hmm. I I mean, we're still at a very dire point in the pandemic, (laughs) but this was at the sort of the beginning of the pandemic and like no one was going outside or anything. So we had the ability to just, put out stuff every week and now this is more of like uh you know every two weeks maybe once a month maybe twice a month situation because guys we were busy like imagine that yeah because uh, in january <laughs> <laughs> we put out three episodes february one episode March, three episodes, April, three episodes, May, two episodes, June, two episodes, July, two episodes, August, two episodes, September, just one episode, October, two episodes, November, one episode, December, one episode. You can definitely see what happens when like, you know, fall semester kicks in and it's like, well, (laughs) well, shit. And also because during the summer we like were in St. Louis together for like a month. And so we have a lot of like slay video content from that, that we have snippets of 
on our YouTube channel, but also it's all fully available on Patreon as well as all of our like video recordings of our episodes since like mid or to late 2021. So yeah, and we always release all of our episodes early on Patreon as well. So that sort of adds to the way that the episodes get spaced out. And I edit like 98% of the, our episodes, I would say, as well as our bonus episodes, because we also had set the goal to do two bonus episodes, two bonus episodes on Patreon every month. And we didn't end up doing that necessarily because in January we did a like our bonus episodes kind of vary in things you know sometimes it's just like of course a like a kind of standard podcast episode but more you know in 40 minutes as opposed to like 90 essentially something along those lines but we <laughs> yeah, also conservative for us yeah literally <laughs> but and so that means that you know we talk about other things and whatever but like we also do our little un like we did our gift unboxing videos we did three of those this past year on patreon for gifts i got renaissance for their birthday and then also our sort of gift exchange for christmas and stuff and we also did like an asmr video in july when we were both in town and we have like a shortened version of that on our youtube <laughs> But the full one is on Patreon. And we also have like a couple vlogs of us watching things and talking about them. We have a 420 episode, a bonus episode where Ooh. we just get high. And talk. <laughs> so one of our patrons commented on our YouTube channel uh, under that video. This is like my comfort video. Like I go back to it. And I'm like, what? That made me laugh. That made me laugh. Uh, so yeah. That's so funny. But yeah, so we made a lot of content this year because uh, based off the like exclu Patreon exclusive material, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. So 20 Patreon bonus things like videos or episodes and stuff. And then 23 like full episodes on available for free anywhere. So that's like, mm -hmm. that's a lot of shit. That's like a hundred, like a hundred hours worth uh, of content. Like, wow. Yeah. Jesus. That's crazy. I, th I think it goes by so fast because we're still in that kind of flying by the seat of our pants mentality. Like we, like episode by episode is yeah. how we generally, maybe two to three episodes at a time. Or like if we right. have a lot they want to talk about, mm -hmm. we'll like, okay, this is bonus, this is main, this is whatever. Yeah. So then, like, looking back on the whole year, I'm like, Jesus. Wow. That is a lot. And once again, mm -hmm. it's like, wow, that is, like, that's also 22 plus, like, 20, or, like, 22 plus 23 episodes of, like, us talking to each other that is, mm -hmm. like, edited and put out to the public. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, huh. And it, it feels like that's such a small fraction of the time that I spend talking to you exactly so then now I'm like wow if that's the hours just put out for the <laughs> podcast how many how much time do I spend just talking to Sunny hashtag on the reg how I many can, hours are we <laughs> yeah how many hours are we facetiming talking on yeah. the phone unrecorded right right and that's the crazy part like <laughs> I, I can see how our IRLs get scared you know <laughs> with how much 
not to mention each other. I can see. No, because like... it, it does get scary. Mm-hmm. It does get scary. It's true. And also, because if we're looking into 2023 for, you know, the second mm-hmm. half of 2023, we're going to be on different continents, which is going to be fucking yes. crazy. And yeah. guys, like this Listen, is why Sunny will be on the East Coast for at least one more year, which means that our our time zone is just going to flip in an hour. So instead uh-huh. of sunny being ahead, I'll be ahead uh-huh. four hours. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll, we have, we have a small cushion. As long as you right. stay. As long as we stay. Cause it's <laughs> like a. the east. Right. It's like a habit. We're just, habitual yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. just have to maintain that. So yeah. I mean, we. We'll just both be hugging the Atlantic on different sides. Exactly. Hugging the continental United States. On exactly. So it's exactly. Just, just a shift. Bi-coastal besties, the only bi we are, blah, 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 blah. Which actually transitions <laughs> exactly. us into our hot take for this episode. Because <laughs> not only will we be doing a year review of 2022 uh, and talking yes. about all the shit that we've put out, but also we have to do, you know, our regular three-segment hot take, media review, recommendations. I think our media review will just, mm-hmm. you know, be us. like Because we did this last year, too. Our first yeah. episode of 2022 yeah. was our 2021, like, wrap-up, look-back. So, yeah. yeah. But this hot take is from an oomphy of the pod, Claire. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you want to read it? The Okay, yeah. I think it's pretty fun. The subject line of this email is hot take about bi women. Not clickbait, all caps. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Sunny in Renaissance. Hello, my name is Claire. I'm a 23-year-old, seemingly rare, butch swifty, and a <laughs> communist, obviously. I use they, them pronouns. My hot take is about the recent queer Twitter drama of a trans-masked lesbian tweeting that they got misgendered by a bi woman's boyfriend in a queer space. And of course, vultures coming to swoop in and deliver rotten takes on a silver platter, as per usual, when a lesbian complains about how queer people treat them. Anyway, my take isn't about the cis bi women who love prioritizing their boyfriends, over the ideal sanctity of queer or predominantly queer spaces because I know you've talked about the same slash similar topics already. What I want to talk about is actually how cis bi women can be really transphobic and I'm sick of the queer community at large acting like lesbians are the prime instigators of transphobia, which is like cis het women, TBH, like JK Rowling, etc., I've been in queer spaces, especially online ones, because yay growing up on the internet for a fairly long time considering my age, but I didn't come out as a lesbian until I was 18. I had a big enough following on Tumblr, ew, I know, (laughs) that I saw a huge switch in how people treated me. I went from never being accused of transphobia to getting anonymous messages about if I'd date or fuck a trans woman several times a week. I suddenly had to defend myself against ideologies I'd always clearly stood against, being accused by people who didn't even experience trans misogyny. And yet, cis bi women will consistently date transphobic men because that doesn't affect them, and they consistently bring unsafe people into safe spaces. There's also identities like feb femme, femme exclusive bisexuals, that tend to be used by transphobes slash radfems. I'd like to hear your thoughts on how cis bi women will selfishly act as vehicles for violence, like transphobia and transmisogyny, but the community at large tends to ignore it because theoretically, bi women will have 
Oh, will date slash have sex with trans people. And that's all trans allyship seems to be reduced to. I think the norm in queer spaces is to act like bi and trans people have some sort of secret alliance, especially against lesbians slash gays, when in reality, as a trans person, I do not inherently feel more alliance towards cis bi people than I do cis lesbians or cis gay men. As a lesbian, it makes me feel alienated. I don't want to ramble on too much, but I hope that covers enough for you guys. I don't listen to many podcasts, but you're one of the few I always enjoy. Thanks. Thank you very much, Claire. Thank you, Claire. And I really like this P.S. Yeah, <laughs> <I> really... P.S. <laughs> yeah, yeah, P.S. I want to point out that unlike the seemingly vast majority of your listeners, <laughs> I do not listen to this with my girlfriend because I am single. I'm somehow <laughs> able to listen to your other submitted takes talking about how they listen to this podcast with their cute girlfriend while they do arts and crafts and water their houseplants and cuddle or whatever without going into a blind rage and breaking things or committing other worse atrocities. I'm very mentally strong for this. You so are, Claire. And imagine how we are. Imagine how we feel. No, exactly. We are the recipients of these emails. They want us to know. No. And what's crazy is like... Renaissance, this whole time, this whole time for the podcast, we have been single. <laughs> like, like we've dated people and whatever. Like, we're not yeah. having celibate, but like, we, <laughs> but like, we've been single this whole time. No. And we, yeah. this past year, we have had the discussion of like, well, how would a partner affect the dynamic of the podcast? And that's, <laughs> yeah. and that's something it's- that. Has, yeah. has had to be taken into consideration and like this is something it, that people it has been taken into consideration <laughs> against the will wants and desires of many but does that stop Please. us no no, no. what um, what is more important a dating life or the state of sanasance nation and taking over the world like we are talking about global domination domination okay? when that is on the table right we, it, it brings yeah. a perspective Exactly. It really does. And, you know, I also think like, I actually, I I tweeted this the other day and maybe a a 2023 agenda point Mm -hmm. is for our Mm -hmm. single listeners to get matchmaked with each other. So like we can, I I can make like, cause remember a couple years ago, I made like a Google form that was like, that was like apply to be my friend or something like that. Some stupid ass bullshit. Right. And yeah. (laughs) That was kind of cute, though. That was kind of funny. I know. Why do I, I remember you sending this. me the submissions? Yes. I, we went over like the submissions happened. together over Zoom. I was like, oh, this yeah. person said this. Anyway, I think if we ran a Lavender Menace dating, uh, a, a, a blind sort of, like, matchmaking pool, yeah. I think that would be yeah. fucking hilarious. And I think a lot of people would have fun. But also, would, that, would, would we just be further fueling the... All the already existing L word chartification of the no, online lesbian say, community. <laughs> but it's gonna happen regardless of together and then not. have that like three months. Oh, I'm just thinking to eleven minutes, and then they break up. The number of lesbians that will ha- are like the voodoo dolls that will be made of us, like heads on spikes that people will come for us. Like it's cute if it works out, but the minute the right. tides change, like. 
revolution on our right. doorstep type beat. Like, We're going to have to like, we put a disclaimer. That? If this does not work out, it is not our fault. Please, yeah, we do not take, please. we do not have legal responsibility. We, are, we take zero out. responsibility for your lesbian situationship fallouts. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, but I think that'd be fun because, yeah. Anyway, that that's my pitch. That's my idea for y'all. So you got to hit us up with a, with your, your feedback on, on yeah. this. Anyways. But yeah, okay, I really liked Claire talking about how, because theoretically, bi women will date slash have sex with trans people, and that's all trans allyship mm-hmm. seems to be reduced to. And I think, like, that element is so real, because that idea of, like, are trans people fuckable is, like, that is the yeah. crux of so much transphobia in like a cis patriarchal sense but also e- e- within like the quote-unquote queer community like that is mm-hmm. so much of what fuels a lot of like discourse which is like kind of crazy like that's so insane but I also think it has mm-hmm. to do with the way that particularly like how language and the way that we address ourselves and the way that we refer to ourselves and like organize ourselves in groups and stuff has sort of evolved and changed very rapidly over the past even five to ten years. And much yeah. less to say over the past hundred years, you know, because like the way that gender nonconformity and transness, that relationship with each other and the way that like historically, obviously, like it just the question of like are people fuckable or whatever is is wild because obviously like the the LGBT people of the past and whomever, it it, it was sort of like, well, yeah, a lot of people here are gender nonconforming. Like, that's part of the whole fucking deal. But when, <laughs> yeah. like, one of the uh, sort of things when we get into, like, transness as an identity and a label that you take on and, and whatnot, like, I think people sort of get... People people want to sort of slot themselves into the labels and descriptors and, and boxes because that is... Because, like, it, it's seen as important, and in many ways it is. It's important to be able to, like, identify yourself for the purposes that it can serve, like, you. But ultimately, like, everyone is sort of, like, their own individual. And the way that you claim whatever piece of your identity as something that is, like, important to you and connects you to other people, like, the way that that forms... The only reason why you claim that term or that language or that identity is as a way to reify or to put a descriptor to or to have the language to describe your reality if that makes sense like it's about your mm-hmm. reality that mm-hmm. defines your reality is what precipitates the language that you use ultimately and the proper language that you use to describe your reality is something that like a lot of people like go through and that's you know in their journey of trying to be like oh am i a lesbian am i trans am i this am i that um but no i i do think like the the history of especially transness within like the lesbian community specifically is something that is so tied you can't talk about like lesbianism and lesbian history without transness being so so integral to the important lesbian figures and and thinkers of the past like you know 500 years and whatnot like it's Mm -hmm. that is something that's like really important and so it's just very I think that what Claire's talking about in terms of the way that people treat lesbians for our supposed, like, regard towards, like, trans people is interesting because I I think it sort of reveals the way that people don't really have a necessarily a good understanding of how 
like gender and history and LGBT like culture and realities even like operate, you know? But anyway. Yeah, I'm realizing right now the only person that I've been with who identified as cis was my first girlfriend and we were teenagers. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and you guys are both like person... bisexual, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, this idea that, like, I think that a lot of non-lesbians hold that lesbians are, like, uniquely transphobic in some way is just, like, not accurate. And then also the idea or the assumption that bisexuality or that bisexual people are inherently not transphobic because they theoretically can or will date or have mm-hmm. sex with trans people mm-hmm. as seen as, like, inherent to identifying as bisexual not reflecting the actual politics of the person who identifies as bisexual is like what is causing damage because then that Mm -hmm. is well like oh i'm not transphobic or whatever on the basis of being bisexual so my boyfriend can be allowed my cishet boyfriend can be allowed in this in queer spaces in which you're you know misgendering people and whatnot which is like Mm -hmm. i think you know we've talked about i think we've talked about this the person who the the bi-misogyny girl the the fucking israeli (laughs) anarchist yeah she 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 got wrapped up in all of this too did you see her exactly because she was responding yes she was responding to this and that was what a lot of this discourse is emerging from is because of what she's saying and stuff and like she's just dumb like i've had her blog because she's just so it's the same shit that she said to you or you adjacent i can't Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) can't remember mm -hmm. or no i think it was directed at you. It was during yes, one of one they, of the they quote retweeted of one like, of the she quote retweeted one of my like joke tweets or something and was like this is yeah, an example and of like, misogyny and whatever. Yeah. About how like women are seen as the extension to men or whatever. Yeah, and like, you were responding the to bi that. girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like because he wouldn't be there without her obviously. Like come on. That's the thing. And also I'm like this is a byproduct of the cultural phenomenon of bi girls bringing their cis-head boyfriends to the queer space. Like, yes. it is important to contextually understand this because the number one question of getting misgendered in the queer space is who the cis-head boyfriend, why was the cis-head boyfriend in the queer space? Because the bisexual girlfriend brought him. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not... And that's not even to say that, like, other LGBT people aren't, you know, cap- capable of, like, misgendering other people or, you know, being... No like homophobic or you know and 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 that's but mm-hmm. see that is also the logic that underpins like well why are you targeting bi women specifically so well if this is a specific phenomenon that's going on then like and and it's something that people have experienced then like shouldn't that be something that should be like discussed the fact that it sort of gets shut down is is interesting but i also think like the the question of like Oh gosh, the the whole the whole thing of like oh lesbians can't date trans women because lesbians are like don't fuck with like penises or whatever. It's like I guess that's true for some people, but I I think the mm-hmm. fact that because of how queerness and LGBT identity and stuff is situated within our 
society in like a homophobic and transphobic way is like, oh, this is just about sex. Like fundamentally, like you just think Mm -hmm. lesbians are just two women with vaginas who are together and like it's vaginas and where's the penis, right? That's the question. That's the heterosexist presumption Mm -hmm. of like, well, there's no man, there's no penis because man equals penis, whatever, (laughs) right? So that is like the logic there, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. But- or even when people, the way that people talk about like gay men and like gay sex is like, oh, like you're just sticking your dick in other people, like like in, <laughs> and the way that people, talk, yeah. you know, the disgust of homophobia and stuff is so, and and transphobia, the language of it is so much about like genitals and like sex and like all this right when obviously we Mm -hmm. know that our lives as like lgbt people and the way that we move about the world and stuff like that's only like one part of it you know like and Mm -hmm. i think it's not to sort of say that there are people who are like people like people who are but this is the thing it's like a lot of if you if you engage with like actually like gay people and like lgbt people like people are just gonna fuck who they want to fuck and (laughs) the reasonings behind it and stuff like is oftentimes gonna be problematic because that's the nature of desire like that's the like people don't and people aren't really willing to interrogate that either you know and Mm -hmm. it's i don't know i think like it's really interesting that again like what clara's saying is that like trans allyship gets reduced to dating such having sex with trans people because that is like that doesn't necessarily say anything about like your politics or who you are like so many transphobic men like fuck trans women on the side but like don't Mm-hmm. But like, aren't going to be open about it? Aren't going to like violently date her. transphobic at yeah. the same time? <laughs> aren't going to date her or whatever, or marry her, or bring her out in public because they're like transphobic, etc. Right? Like that mm-hmm. is, and same with like you know DL gay men or whatever, right? Like P- DL bi men, like people who are just like ah, I'm not fucking with the gay shit, but like is gay on the low, like that type of stuff is yeah, like it's very common and it's it's everywhere, and so the fact that because also I was thinking about this like I think let Alex who's friends with like Gabby had tw- had tweeted something along the lines of like had quote had quote <laughs> had, had once quote <laughs> yeah he had once quoted right um <laughs> and <laughs> they are uh butch and like in a butch femme relationship and they're trans mask mm-hmm. and they were talking about how, you know, being being butch and being reduced to, like, a sex object for a lot of their life has has had sort of, like, negative implications for them and has had a negative effect on their, on their well-being, right? And he was like, oh, this isn't about my girlfriend, though, for sure. Like, was the follow-up tweet. <laughs> Which, yeah. yeah, was funny. But, um, and he was saying this, and I was like, and I was talking to Gabby about this as well, where I was like, hmm, am I a part of the problem? Because I do sexualize, <laughs> I do love to sexualize a trans mask. That is something I'm going to do. Sometimes the problem is me. Hypersexualization is, is coming from within. So sometimes you love butchers so hard that you circle back around to just pure objectification. Okay, but the thing is that this has also been brought to my attention, not in this specific tweet, but I can't remember what or where, but someone was like, 
It might have been on TikTok, which is why I blocked it from my memory or something. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah, a 2022 sort of uh, hashtag visionary experience was us getting off TikTok. Yeah, because at the beginning, we oh, were God. on. Yeah. And in 2021, we were on TikTok, right? Yeah. So, yeah. 2022, it was like, yeah, we, we cut that shit out. At, by middle of the year, it was like, we were, no, you know, we're not on yeah. that. No. Yeah. And it, it was necessary for our health. But I remember being in a, having a conversation and essentially being like, but if I don't find Butch's sexy, who will? <laughs> who is doing it? Okay? Because society is not out here promoting Butchness and transmaskness for lesbians. It's not being promoted anywhere mm-hmm. else. So it's like, if if you're if a butch is wondering, oh, am I butch? Should I transition? Et cetera, et cetera. And then they come across my tweet being like, where are the butches? Sign up. <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Sam needs butches for the war, okay? Like, we need you. <laughs> yeah, we the need The Rosie you. the Riveter. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, uh. exactly, exactly. Butch, Rosie the Riveter, down, okay? Right. Like, I'm, I'm the femme Rosie. Being all like, all femmes butches. are Rosie the Riveter in terms of trying to get butches. Like. Yeah, very <laughs> that. So I'm like, you know, like, I see... I see the issue, but it's like, how do we keep the job economy alive? Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, is also my question. And see, this is what Gabby at Gabby is Butch everywhere, our, our Umfi and Bay. They were mm-hmm. telling me, they were like, well, Sunny, you're actually not a part of the issue because the thing is, is that like the, the issue with this type of shit is like wanting to fuck a fuck butches or gender nonconforming people like on the down low, like on like in like private but when you're in public Mm. it's like oh don't touch me don't hold my hand like ew that's gross because suddenly when it's not Mm -hmm. oh two girls scissoring and now it's like a butch and like it's like two it's like lesbians right suddenly it's like we have an issue right and so (laughs) yeah and and like for me it's like we'll see exactly because because he was saying like yeah because for you when you when you have a butch you're like oh this is my butch like oh like hold my hand like (laughs) love me like this is like Mm -hmm. I think they're so hot beautiful sexy in every context like this is like I love them for being butch like that is part of what what I like about them in every context not just like okay we yeah like I like to I like to have sex with you but I don't want to like talk to you or or think about you as a person in the world yeah and I yeah. think like that's the that's the other thing right like if if trans allyship isn't reduced to just like would you fuck someone because like that's so that's just not right right like, I feel like that's just so juvenile I feel like mm-hmm. that's so juvenile yeah in terms of like approaching hashtag a queer community or constructing or even or gender politics in general It's like, if you have a particular, I think there are people who are like, yeah, in my life, I'm probably going to like, in my lesbian life, in my lesbian history, and in my dating history and whatnot, like I've essentially only dated cis Mm -hmm. women or whatever. But yeah, it's not like, but it's still like not hashtag transphobic. It's more of that just could like, be the result of so many things. Exactly right, and but also like this is why when it comes to Gen Z gays trying to like the revival of femme butch culture and whatnot, like part of mm-hmm. that part of that whole dynamic is the gender nonconformity of it and like the transness of yeah the, inherent to this dynamic that it's historically always been like relevant right and 
I think, like, when it comes to, like, trans misogyny and stuff, the fact that lesbians sort of get the get the bulk of this shit because of, like, a very vocal sort of minority of people being, like, like, uh, of, like, radical feminists who are lesbians or whatever, having sex with someone who has, like, a penis or whatever the fuck is not like that's not like real lesbianism or whatever and that having been defined what lesbianism is for so many people is just really Mm -hmm. interesting because even if you believe that even if lesbianism to you is like two women and like that's just what lesbianism is and if you are supposed if you are lgbt or whatever and you believe that trans women are women like obviously then how how is this not it doesn't make any sense. Like, wouldn't two trans women being together still be a lesbian relationship? Wouldn't a trans woman and a cis woman being together be a lesbian relationship? Like, wouldn't they? Like, because they're essentially still both, they're both women. Like, that's still, that's the point. Yeah. And for other lesbian relationships where they're not both women, they're both butches who are trans masked, where they're both just, like, trans masked lesbians, or it's, like, a trans masked lesbian mm-hmm. and, like, another lesbian like that's still a lesbian relationship and dynamic right because the lesbian yeah. continuum and the lesbian like the idea of what lesbianism is and stuff is something that like that cannot really be succinctly defined in like a split second sort of like like okay give me give me a phrase that defines lesbianism or whatever like it's like yeah a very simplistic way of of saying of saying it would be like you know like women loving women wlw whatever sapphic whatever or like but and people also who love non-men people also don't like that you know non-men who who yeah because it centers men yeah but it also but also like i get i get it because it's like that's it's also sort of like intentionally vague terminology but that's why the word lesbian Mm -hmm. exists right because lesbianism is like it's vague but it's defined it's Mm-hmm. It's, like, specific, but it's non-specific. Like, it's something that you can't... To reduce it to something, like, two women, two vaginas. It's like, guys, like, do we not see how this is not the same logics <laughs> of, like, patriarchy? Two women, two vaginas? Right. Sounds they, like a small, like, fuck? 90s or, like, early 2000s, like, slam poetry night. You know, like, <laughs> two women, two vaginas is, like... That's... If if the Lavender Menace was written by like Lena Dunham, it would be called Two Women, Two Vaginas. <laughs> oh, please. God. Yeah. I was talking about this recently about how wild it is that the popular conception of being a lesbian is like two women together. When in my experience and like the more in like at least like in online spaces but like just the more lesbians I've acquired in my Uh life it's like the diversity of the lesbian community and of what identity and expression can look like is so vast Mm -hmm. and like different that the idea that at least at one point in my mind, but also just like in popular conception, it's seen as like so limited and like what you're ca- you're cutting off quote unquote half the population, right? Because like uh-huh. we don't fuck men or whatever, or uh-huh. like cis men. Obviously, being a lesbian, you know, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But it's like that. It, it it's like the lesbian community within itself. It, just, it can just be shown and expressed in so many different ways that are still lesbian 
like very lesbian. Yeah. It's not it's limiting. Like, it's very freeing. There's so many. Yeah. Like it's like I know people who live lesbian lives and are lesbians, but like obviously mm-hmm. are gender nonconforming or probably you know especially like the Gen X type lesbians or or you know older lesbians and stuff who are like. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were probably born around now, or if you were growing up now, you would probably identify as trans in some way. But currently, you're just like a cis lesbian because that's what you understand lesbianism to be, essentially. And that's fine. You're still a like you're still a lesbian doing lesbian shit. Like people who are in lesbian relationships and the and the girlfriend uses like they them pronouns or whatever. Like like this is the thing. Like that's. That's fine because y'all are y'all. The, the, who cares? It's a lesbian relationship. These are mm-hmm. lesbians. These are these are literally just yeah. lesbians. But, but to go to the point of what Claire is talking about in terms of like how, because I think what Claire's sort of getting at is like the smoke that lesbians get for transphobia should actually be redirected towards bisexuals, um, <laughs> because also you know them being on there like oh I'm bi now I'm a lesbian now I'm getting like messages every week asking me very invasive and transmisogynistic bullshit like yeah it's or or sort of interrogating me for being like oh are you transmisogynistic it's like uh, why is lesbianism seen as inherently transmisogynistic uh by other queer people because if you understood what transness and transmisogyny is then you wouldn't you understand that like if you're a woman you're a woman like who the fuck like and and also mm-hmm. to be to be quote unquote to be a woman it's like what does that obviously what does that even mean and then it's like mm-hmm. how how you relate to the world and so much of that is is entangled with all of this and so it's just like ugh. I also find it deeply intellectually dishonest and also not honest to like queerness and the queer community for people to claim like transmisogyny if that's not necessary or like not claim but sort of weaponize transmisogyny when they don't experience it right which is what claire is talking about yeah. as well they'll be like oh you're being transmisogynistic yeah. but it's like we're not even talking about trans women here like this is not even the issue like this is not to- non-topical really because even for me like for example i hate dating apps right ontologically oppose them <laughs> so much but i was mm-hmm. on like a dating app for like a couple weeks and what was interesting was seeing the people who sort of like swiped on me or people who people who would like use like they them or he they pronouns or whatever but like functionally exist in the world as like men you know maybe a little fruity Mm -hmm. fruity men but like exist in the world (laughs) as like men and it's like yeah for me like this is not a lesbian dynamic ultimately Mm, like mm -hmm. we're not this and also i'm not attracted to you because you don't express masculinity in the way that i like like I like <laughs> mm-hmm. I and that's but there are obviously like trans feminine butches who are like really hot but like that yeah. is different than what's going on mm-hmm. here right like and that's the thing yeah. like the range of gender expression and the way that you relate to your own identity and then thus how you relate to other people romantically and sexually is something that's like I say that I am a lesbian. That's, like, on my profile, obviously. So I don't understand why (laughs) you're, like... And I'm saying that I'm a lesbian who likes butches, so I don't understand why you're swiping on me. You're, like, a they-them, like, 
guy. Like, I don't know anything about your gender or your life, but you just look like someone who I went to high school with and would have fought. You know what I mean? Like, that is so fucking different than people who are, like, obviously, like, gender nonconforming and or trans who I fuck with and who are who, who are in my community and who I like being around and who I enjoy. Like, like that, that shit is, shit is, but, but then to be like, oh, but that's trans misogynistic. It's like, but do, are they trans women? No. Like they themselves are not claiming to be. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. it's not about, again, this like aversion to penises or whatever the fuck or an aversion to what you view Mm -hmm. as manhood it's not about like how you relate to how you individually and ideologically and ontologically relate to how you understand your own gender and gender expression necessarily but it's like how it's expressed and how you relate to other people like that is what's important to me and i just Mm -hmm. don't think that i think bisexuals like really do not think about this shit like, they don't, you know? Like, they, they don't <laughs> no. think about this. They. Uh... I also think part of the reason why they don't think about this is because the cultural phenomenon of framing bisexuality as inherently not transphobic, mm-hmm. right? So then, like, there is no... If, if someone is bisexual and identifies as bisexual and then is inundated with messaging that, oh, bisexuals are so good, they're actually more evolved, oh, they're actually less transphobic oh they're actually less lesbophobic whatever then bisexual people are never going to feel the motivation to actually interrogate the things that they're saying that they already get a pass on simply for being bisexual whereas lesbians the minute you come out as lesbian which i had a very similar experience to claire is you're immediately questioned about your politics as a queer person you have to really think about this shit. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. you are one of the teenagers who is like going and then you realize, mm-hmm. oh, you're the mean, mm-hmm. evil, scary lesbian mm-hmm. the whole time. Mm-hmm. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh-huh, the whole time, and then yeah. it's just like a continuation or you're evolving from thoughts that you've already had that you were slinging in the other direction and then now you're thinking about them. Whereas like if someone was just like hashtag pronouns normal, okay, all throughout high school, boom, they go to college, boom, they're bisexual. The amount of time they've probably thought thinking about this, very little. And if they've never been fucking dogpiled on the internet, they've never had the opportunity to think about it. So then they bring their boyfriend to the queer space and blah, 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 blah. Uh And I think that also a part of Claire's email and also this whole thing is like, just like women and like girls and girlfriends being vehicles for their cishet boyfriend or husband's like, homophobia or like mm-hmm. transphobia is it really kind of like another them. goes back to the argument that we have been making for like the entirety of the podcast mm-hmm. of like proximity to power is something that bisexual people have like proximity mm-hmm. to or protection of the or like by the mm-hmm. homophobic or transphobic boyfriend is something that bisexual girls and women have access to that lesbians do not and mm-hmm. it's like that is something that needs to be also yeah. reconciled with and how you use your proximity to that power. Because the, or like the whole issue isn't that there was a bisexual girl in the queer space. Mm-hmm. It was that there was no forethought, there was no consideration of mm-hmm. bringing this is that person into mm-hmm. the queer space 
as a bisexual person yourself. Like, that is why back in the day, if you mm-hmm. were bisexual and you were out as bisexual and you're hashtag marching with <laughs> the dykes mm-hmm. and the F slurs, mm-hmm. it was really real hashtag <laughs> right. serious. Yeah. And yeah, you yeah, yeah, were yeah. stating your solidarity and your alliance with these communities. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that there weren't bisexual housewives. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. meant that they were housewives. That mm-hmm. meant that they mm-hmm. were living in that world. Now, in over the past 15, 10, five years, the line between going between like heteronormative life and like mm-hmm. being gay, mm-hmm. girl, yeah, the public transportation, we're shuffling back and forth. We're going back and forth. <laughs> and not to say that that hasn't always happened, but you had to be real yeah. discreet about that shit. You yeah. couldn't be, mm-hmm. you know. Yes, so because like now, the stakes are emerging. so much lower, right? Because before there yeah. were a lot... Before, it was a lot higher, and so that meant that you were putting your shit on the line to be gay. In yeah. any way. To yeah. be gay or trans in any yeah, way, yeah, yeah. you were really... It was like... Because now it's like change pronouns in bio after I think about it for a year. That <laughs> shit is different. <laughs> like, Bye. that shit is different yeah. than, yeah. like, no, wow, yeah. I really have to exist in the world in a really meaningfully different way. I'm not going to have mm-hmm. a relationship with my family. I'm not going to be employed. I'm going to be... Like, mm-hmm. the, majo- the majority of, especially in uh, throughout like the 40s and 50s like a lot of these femme lesbians were prostitutes like a lot of these butches like were you know worked like blue collar jobs at factories and whatnot like Mm -hmm. this if we're thinking about this within the context of like working class history which obviously trans and queer history is uh, emerges from as well like Mm -hmm. that shit has always been high stakes like dying from aids Goddamn, like mm-hmm. helping people who are dying yeah. from AIDS. Like when the whole world is saying, who cares? They're just people, they're just like gay people dying from AIDS. It doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. that shit, it was, it was really hashtag serious. Okay. But now we get these unserious ass fucking <laughs> unserious yeah. bullshit like this because people don't really want to cons- have to take time to consider not only their own personal identities and their relationship to their themselves and how they describe themselves, but also their relationships like to the rest of the world and and how they relate to it. Isn't and stuff, there or, a bisexual senator or congresswoman? Kristen Cinema. Like Who's yeah? The really annoying person. Yeah. Isn't she Republican? Probably. I don't know. She's like a centrist at best. I think she's like not not very slayful. No, exactly. Like, is it like that? That yeah. highlights the fucking point. The yeah. fact that you can be a conservative American politician. Yeah. And there's plenty of and conservative also identify as bisexual. American, like, lesbians and gays and transgender people, you know? Like, there's plenty of people across the oh, spectrum who are just like that. But also, like, a way to delineate uh, lesbian history and stuff as well is to think about the effects of lesbian feminism and radical feminism in its relationship to lesbianism over the past, like... Mm-hmm half a century which has been a very interesting like relationship because a lot of that stuff was very transphobic and antagonistic towards butches and of course antagonistic towards trans women like there's entire yeah there's entire books and ideologies built off of being antagonistic towards trans women in the name of feminism of course but all of these things and such it's like but are you going to just call anyone who says they're a feminist a transphobe? 
So why are you calling every someone, every person who calls themselves a lesbian a transphobe? It doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Like, uh, exactly. It's also, it's also, of course, everything's about misogyny. But all of this is very mm-hmm. misogynistic because this focus and this hyperfixation on like women in general and the way that women exist in queer spaces, whether that be lesbians or bi women, is interesting because like we just don't. Keep, there's no level of flack. There's no, the same level of like bullshit is not really addressed towards gay men or bi men or bisexuality mm-hmm. for men and like cis men particularly or just Sorry, like person first language men who have bisexuality <laughs> of course like this is not the fu- they do not get the same level of smoke do they not like no. which is also i guess like another implication of like transmisogyny right where it's like you know uh men are not getting inter- gay men are not getting interrogated with like oh but would you ha- would you fuck someone who like has a vagina like mm, as opposed to you know lesbians being like would you fuck someone who has a penis like it's just not as mm. hashtag titillating for people because <laughs> I, I, I I think that because of how transnational works and also because of how just like heterosexism works you know so mm-hmm. it's just very it's this all this shit is very like complicated and interest and interesting but the way that it plays out in the day-to-day it's just like no I just feel like I know so many bi women and lesbians I just know so many, and bi men and gay men I just know so many mm-hmm. of these people that I understand and trans people etc that I know how this shit works like I feel like yeah. I understand how these things play out and the reality is that like people who call themselves bi and are bi because they identify as such because you know whatever but, like, mm-hmm. who don't really have an alliance to the community or who don't... Because, like, I was talking to... Last time I was talking to my friend, Monsi, and she was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, my boyfriend, yeah, he's Icon. bisexual. Yes. He's bisexual, mm-hmm. and he... Yeah, he he's, like, a pretty... But he's a bisexual who, like, has actually dated men. Like, his, like, history of... <laughs> like, his dating history mm-hmm. is, like, a pretty equal split between, like, men and women. So he's, like, legit mm-hmm. about it. And I was like, that's <laughs> fucking hilarious that you as a bisexual <laughs> woman, probably-ish, in that area of person, yeah. like, is saying this because, like, this is, an, this is indicative of a level of self-awareness that, like, the affirmation, tender, queer, like, you're valid no matter what type mm-hmm. of... No, I love a hashtag real bisexual. Hashtag real <laughs> I love bisexual. real bisexual, right. Like, no, because they be coming from their, for their own in a way that other, other bis- like, like... The bisexuals that we don't like, of course. Yeah, We go after them on the pod. You know who Mm -hmm. we're talking about. The whole hold hands, braid hair, kumbaya type shit. Yeah. You throw a real, a hashtag real bisexual in the mix. And then it's over. It's out. (laughs) I've heard, if you think that Sunny and I say nasty shit, if you have a private behind closed doors conversation with a real bisexual, let me tell you, we come up looking like saints. I've I've heard it myself, guys. Okay. It's... Yeah. Well, I was also it's talking real. to my one of our friends who is a bi woman and who is you know down with the shits and whatever. And mm-hmm. I was talking about like getting canceled for biphobia or whatever. And she was and <laughs> our bi woman friend was like, "That's just not real. Like that's stupid. Biphobia is not real." And she <laughs> exactly. has like bi, she has a bi flag on the door to her room. You know what I mean? It's like it's like guys, like exactly. please be a little fucking serious for a second. And because she was also dating, uh, she was like in a lesbian relationship for like a while but I think it was pretty toxic and we were talking about this and she was saying that like they like open okay the downfall of many let's say let's say it together the downfall of the lesbian relationship is opening the relationship okay I've seen it with my own eyes 
I, I think and agree, but then uh, on the newest developments that you just told me of two oomph, half oomph, half IRL, I think that they can, I, I have hope for them. Yeah. I do. Yeah. No, no, no. I agree. I, but okay. I think like the open but relationship. But the general consensus. The general? Like it's like, the like general if this thing? is a Jubilee video, like stand on this side of the room if you think that opening <laughs> relationships lead to their downfall. Like I'm, I'm going to yeah, yeah, choose yeah, 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 that yeah. way. Right. Because I think opening a relationship is the downfall. If you, yeah. if you start open, yeah. boom. Yeah. Whatever. If you start out being like, we're dating other people, but we're together. Whatever. Who cares? That was the dynamic yeah. at the beginning. But if it's like, shit's getting rocky. And that's what usually happens, I feel like, with a lot of yeah. these dykes that I'm that I'm around. Because what happened was like... That's they, how Tinder makes money. That's half of the, yep, <laughs> that's yep, half of the yep, site. Literally. Um, and so apparently in this relationship, I think it was a lesbian and the bi woman. And the lesbian, mm-hmm. she like... She was, like, fucking other people and, like, taking them out, taking these girls out on, like, date dates and whatever. And the and then the bi girl, she wasn't, like, she wasn't really seeing anyone. But then she, mm-hmm. like, dates this guy, I guess. And then, and, and, like, she, ha- she like, hooks up. She has, like, one night stand or hooks up with this guy once. And then the girlfriend, the lesbian mm-hmm. girlfriend, like, goes ballistic on her and is, like, why did you fuck this guy? Like, this is... It, but, see, like, that's fucked up. That's so weird because you're fucking other people, but this girl can't that's, fuck other people. Yeah. Exactly. And if that's and fucked up. within like an interpersonal dynamic like that, within within a relationship, when someone has not really like when the when the lesbian or whomever in that dynamic is like underdeveloped or like is not really, you know, it is not mm-hmm. really conscious in this way and is also a bad person and is mistreating their partner and whatnot, then you mm-hmm. get you get like really fucked up situations where it's where that that's like hashtag biphobia or whatever, right? Like that's like that's like, you know, why are you fucking mm-hmm. why are you fucking a guy? But it's like, no, the relationship is open. You're fucking other bitches. Like, the fuck? Like, that's weird. That's so strange, you know? Exactly. It's a similar logic to when, like, bi girls with boyfriends, the guy will be like, oh, okay, you can fuck other girls, but I don't care about that because that's not real. But if you fuck a guy, that's yeah. not okay. It's, like, the same logic, but even within a lesbian relationship, it's, like, that's kind of strange. But also, like, not to say that there aren't other implications going on here. But, like, again, this is not the majority of situations the majority of situations for like bi couples or whatever it seems to be like unicorn hunting trying to find like a third trying to find like you know whatnot and that leans into this misogynistic exploitative bullshit where that we complain about all the time where it's like this the centering of men thing but what were you saying honestly i forgot what i was going to say (laughs) (laughs) we love to forget what we were gonna say I love because I just adopt your the train of thought. If I ditch my train of thought, that's because I'm 100% jumping on the train of thought. Okay, mine has left, Please. crashed, burned. Okay, I was I was fully on board. Oh, so oh. yeah, no, and exactly, it's like that's the thing. It's like again with the whole like having. Oh, I think. Oh, okay. you got it. Okay. I remembered another point. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if it's the exact same. But I think um, the thing about, like, that being used as, like, biphobia or whatever is just, like, that's not a systematic use right. of, like, hashtag lesbian privilege over yeah. bisexual yeah, 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 yeah. women. That's, like, an abusive relationship. It... That's a toxic exactly. dynamic. That, which, of course, like, there are studies and stuff that show that, like, 
by women experience higher rates of violence than like any other category of person mm-hmm. essentially and also okay uh, a bi woman author carmen maria machado she wrote her memoir in the dream house which is about her being an abusive long-term lesbian relationship and she's out as bisexual i think she's married to another woman now but see like because mm-hmm. okay a lot of the discourse around like bisexuality i think when you can survive one lesbian relationship <laughs> You like at the end, you either give it up forever. Or you're like, well, I guess this is it. Like, yeah. like you're gonna marry a woman. You know, yeah. like it's yeah, either yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> or now you're like you with survive, your husband, right? If you have like a crazy ass lesbian relationship, and then cut to seven to ten years later, you're married with three to a man with three kids, living mm-hmm. that soccer mom life. I'm like, you know uh-huh. what? Not good. everyone is cut out for it. Right. Yeah, good, right. good. Yeah. <laughs> and those people, I feel 401k, like... 401k, you have right. that Yeah, 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 yeah. Good And I feel like you. those people, the way that they claim bisexuality and stuff is, like, mm-hmm. by and large, far more normal than what we're seeing on the internet, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> where it's like, yeah, like, yeah, I, I did that gay shit, but, like, this is my life, and this is what matters in my life. Like, my material reality mm-hmm. is informed by the way that I engage with the world and if the way that i engage with the world is large by and large like this heterosexist patriarchal norm which is just like okay whatever this is how most people live their lives it's fine who cares it doesn't then whatever like i think that is and but again Mm -hmm. one of the bisexual logics is uh you're valid even from the bisexual (laughs) school of thought right is like you're valid even if you haven't dated anyone of your same gender blah 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 you're still bi okay true but if we yes. think about who we as lesbians have solidarity with and who LGBT people, who the queer people, who the gays and the trans people and, like, the people who are really fucking with it are, are like, it, like, I think, like, the bi people who are with the shits, you know, they're, they're just not going to move in that way that in, in, in what we're talking about. Like, like, yeah the issues that we have with certain members of the bi community. Uh like you know for for lesbians and whoever who are like with bi girls and whatnot and with bisexual people it's like being their first gay relationship or being their first Mm -hmm. like gay experience and stuff like you're still like a baby gay in that way you know and even for me and for us it's like you kind of still still true with lesbianism you kind of have to figure out like what let what what avenue of lesbianism is what you're engaging with as well so it's like that's true for any identity like what is the avenues in which you're engaging with like whatever community but i think like Mm -hmm. it's it's true you can't the way that people just call lesbians biphobic or whatever for for making for making observations about the way that they are mistreated or their own experiences with other people who they're supposed to be in solidarity with is just not that's not biphobia. That's not that. Sh- that shit's not. I agree. No, stupid, because stupid. But yeah, I think the way that tweet should have ended to wrap up my thoughts on this is mm-hmm. got misgendered by the bi girl's boyfriend, and then the bi girl punched him in the face because <laughs> that's what really <laughs> should have happened. <laughs> and the bi girl said. Um, sir, I'm gonna need you to leave the room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and then the bi girlfriend turned on her heels, went demonic, and said, "Get the fuck out!" With such a force that his body slammed against the wall on the opposite side, and then all the lesbians behind her went, "Cheer, yay!" Yeah, no, okay. like. <laughs>
In a bit, I'm defending the lesbians today. <laughs> and then kicked her boyfriend out. Because if that's what happened, if that's what the reality was, then there'd be less of a problem, I think. <laughs> like, if you're a bi-girl with a boyfriend... Right. Because, again, you can, be bi- you can be bisexual, I guess. If it's, it's about to be <laughs> if 2023, <laughs> if you must be bisexual, we will, <laughs> the visas we'll will go through it. next right, year, no. I promise. So, and you have a boyfriend, great, good for you. But then if you're going to be queer enough to go to a queer space, you better know what the fuck your politics are. Yeah. So, yeah. And I get it because it's harder. It's hard work on your part. You have to defend yourself and you have to be like, but girl, we Mm. all have to do that shit. We all do. We all have to do this work. How is this a unique axis of oppression for you that you have to do some thinking about the way that you are positioned in the world? We all do this. Mm -hmm. That's all about, that's what. Well, we all should do this. Right, right. And also (laughs) that's what. all of us do this? And like transness ultimately is always about that, right? It's like, how are we situating ourselves in, in in this world? And how are we navigating in the world because of this? And I think, like, and to get back to the point here, which is, like, about the 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 queer, the bi-trans alliance is crazy. Because mm-hmm. for me, most of the trans people I know are lesbians. Yep. yep. Most of the lesbians I know <laughs> yep. are trans or gender non-conforming. Most of the bi people I know are in heterose- cis-heterosexual relationships. I don't know, like... And have been and mm-hmm. engaged with with homosexuality like on the low, like in like a in like a oh, I'll fuck this girl at a party, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Like you're like do yeah. whatever you want. But I'm, if you have I'm, gay sex, you have gay sex. Exactly. <laughs> do right. Like have have mm-hmm. be bisexual and have your be, be a cis bi girl and have your trans boyfriend and be in your heter- happy heterosexual relationship. Like I I'm happy for you. I'm not happy for you mm-hmm. because I, I wish, because I, yeah. Uh, anyway. We do go I, in a blind rage, <laughs> breaking things, committing atrocities. Like, <laughs> Claire is the one who's mentally strong. Yeah, 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 yeah. But again, it's like, that is not the hashtag issue. Like, yeah, no, yeah. exactly. Like, and I think if you live in the world and you touch grass and whatnot, and if you also- If you live in the world. <laughs> yeah, if you live in the world in reality and- you're a gay person who is around other gay people or, like, thinks about this critically, I think we can all come to this sort of conclusion. So, yeah. Bi people and trans people are not inherently more linked together by nature of their identities. In fact, the histories Mm -hmm. of transness within lesbianism is so rich and and deep that it's a erasure of lesbian history and lesbian identity to try to paint us as uniquely transphobic and transmisogynistic especially when so many lesbians especially of our generation and such are as claire was saying like they've always like they had to defend themselves against ideologies that they've always opposed like has always opposed transmisogyny has always you know has never claimed to hate trans women on the basis of them being trans and mm-hmm. yet now, because you're lesbian, now suddenly you hate trans women? Like, that is crazy. Do you know how many bi people hate trans women? Do you know how many bisexuals are transphobic or don't understand, like, transness within lesbianism? A lot of lesbians don't even understand transness within lesbianism. And, like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, the lack of self-awareness here is what's, is what's crazy. Because look, look at the way shit is moving, you know? Anyways. Exactly. Shall we to look back 
to on us, <laughs> to the important stuff, the 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 biblical texts of our own podcast. Mm-hmm. Amen. Our first real episode of the year was like not our wrap up was our Adele like the thirty review, which we had actually recorded mm-hmm. like in November where it dropped when it dropped. And you had edited this episode, yeah. and you and we had put it out. <laughs> right, which is why it came out two months later. Yeah, um. yeah, 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 yeah. And doesn't doesn't that tell a story? Doesn't that tell a story? But yeah, I mean, okay, I haven't listened to this album that much. Have you been streaming Thirty? I feel like she kind of fell off. No, exactly. Okay, I feel like- her. Okay, she did. And the Adele fans talked about this earlier in the year, uh-huh. or like like when it when when we when we hit the middle of the year, and it's like okay, this shit hasn't been like what's happening, because also she just didn't do that. There wasn't like press. Like it came uh-huh. out, and everyone was like, "Oh, gee, Adele, Adele, Adele," but then she never left her house. Ha- like nothing. her yeah. manager wasn't booking anything. Like right. there weren't performances, there weren't yeah. interviews. Like. Girl, so yeah. So then I didn't revisit. And then also didn't revisit, one, because ugh, listening to Taylor Swift is a full-time job. And it's like, I really need right, something right, right, huge right, right. To, right. to knock that off. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. No, Oopsie. that didn't happen. Did you go back at all? I I haven't really listened to... I've listened to some, but... Not, okay, not our first much. episode was Sean Mendes is gay. Yes, oh, that no, was that's our, our that's our wrap. idea. Okay, yeah. okay. But yeah. then our next our last episode in January was our Fleabag episode where we complained about the whole Fleabag era thing, and we and I yeah. finally watched Fleabag, which I'm I'm proud of. Woo! I'm glad I got to finally, and yeah. I do think that Fleabag season two excellent television. Fleabag season one, I was like, I don't, I don't really know. I was I didn't really know what was I think it was like a three and a half star situation for me, but then Fleabag season two was like a four and a half star, four star situation for okay. me. Okay. <laughs> I'll I'll accept. I'm just happy because Fleabag was my first recommendation and hashtag we are only general. friends. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and you're like no, it's one of those things that's over recommended. I'm never gonna watch it. Blah 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 mm-hmm. blah blah. But then people were saying it in the same breath as my year of rest and relaxation, and all of a sudden their bitch has time to watch two seasons of television and record an episode about it. But, you know, we, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, take yeah, yeah. the wins where we can get them. Right, right, right. Our only episode of February was on Saving Face. Excellent Valentine's Real. Day movie, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. If any, if any of you all with girlfriends or whatever the fuck want to sit down... <laughs> <laughs> yeah i get, see we we support the girlfriend community sometimes okay yeah 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 Ugh, and saving face excellent movie so good mm-hmm. like still a fave still so good and then in march heart shot the short film fell off didn't make waves Mm-mm. and we talked about that and then we did our archers collab where we ranked our top 10 taylor swift songs which is like crazy because then obviously she dropped an album and now it's like whoa yeah god and also the fact that like gay podcasters is in one of the music videos it's in the anti-hero music video yeah is the gay taylor swift podcaster (laughs) using the iphone which by the way i'm having to use right now right right, right. address the elephant in the room right like girl crazy (laughs) she's onto us um and then yeah our third episode of march our last episode of march was on russian all season one 
which eight down, slayed. Slayful. Yeah. Also, it ended up with me meeting Natasha Leone yeah, at the all, end of season one. Amazing. And then you met Natasha Leone. Incredible. And yes, that's it. Yeah. then April, first episode was on Crash by Charlie XCX, which still streaming. Like I there's some bops that I stream. I well I love um Yuck. Yuck. Yuck, I never stopped listening to. I think that's so catchy. That was my number yeah. one then, still my number one. Yeah, it's 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 a good album. It's a good song. And then we watch Everything Everywhere All at Once. Amazing. Incredible. And then we had our one-year anniversary episode and our season Woo! finale for, for season three. And mm-hmm. that was wild. I think for a two-year anniversary, we should commit a war crime. <laughs> <laughs> A terrorist attack, uh, right? Yeah. And then in May, we talked about how much we hated Harry Styles. And then we talked about Russian Doll Season 2 because it dropped. Also excellent television. Also, I just recently, I was going through my Twitter and I re-found the Harry Styles tweet of mine that went viral. Uh And I was like, it's kind of crazy how that tweet kind of changed the trajectory of like the rest of the year yeah, like i yeah. blindly tweeted it unknowing yeah, what was yeah. to come and we did a bonus episode on patreon talking People about that shit still like, talking to me they're like oh be careful around mentioning harry styles around renaissance and it's like i never liked him but like uh-huh. now people genuinely hesitate bringing him up in my presence i'm crying because that's of that so tweet. funny and i'm like please yeah guys guys Okay. And then our second episode of May, in our last episode of May, was talking about Crush, a terrible, terrible lesbian movie. And mm-hmm. also Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, which, see, like, if we look back at the stats when we recorded this back in May, yeah. we have been standing with Amber Heard this whole time, and now finally bitches are coming around. It's like, guys, where were you? Where were you seven, six months ago? Fucked up. Fucked up. We literally... As hashtag real feminists, we said this back in May, and people were mm-hmm. not fucking with us at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Or, and people weren't fucking with Amber Defenders in general mm-hmm. during this time. Mm-hmm. But now that the tides have shifted, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's actually feminist and cool to support Amber Heard. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Funny how I'm not Interesting. getting <laughs> for that. Interesting how the work uh, that we did, yeah, all of a sudden silent in this conversation about how the tides are turning. But who right. was here back back in May? Exactly. Exactly. And then in June, we talked about Dairy Girls because we watched all three seasons of it, and I sobbed. I think that's the hardest I've ever cried this past year. Yeah. Was over Dairy We're just Girl saying a lot, three. guys. We're just saying <laughs> the love that Sunny has for Dairy Girls cannot be overstated since that is the. If we look at the material, if we take a material analysis of, of what of happened this. this year, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was the hardest I, I have cried. Um, and also, it was one of the first pieces of media that, before the podcast, I was at Renaissance, watch this with me. Yes. So, full yes. circle around for there. And then our second episode of June, Happy Pride Month, was Heartstopper versus First Kill. Because we watched one episode of First Kill Mm -hmm. and was like, this is so bad, we cannot watch this. And then we sat our asses down for Heartstopper. So, and we we have discussed that. And then in July, we talked about But I'm a Cheerleader because we saw a screening of it, which actually one of our listeners, hi, if you're listening, uh, she actually was at the screening and... 
Oh, she didn't, yeah. Yeah, she didn't say hi to us, but uh, we did go see mm-hmm. it at the theater, and that was a good episode. But I'm a cheerleader, just a classic, a classic. And then our other episode of July was talking about the Sally Rooneyverse because we, you know, we read all her books, and she's mother. She's literally Irish mother. She's mother. And then in August, mm-hmm. we reviewed Renaissance, which that Beyonce album Real. eats, like, Album of the year, perhaps. Like, mm, insane. I think so. The way it took over my Spotify stats, like, it it was that and Midnight's, but because Midnight's came out a little bit later, like, Mm -hmm. Renaissance really dominated my stats. I just couldn't stop listening to the album on loop. It was so good. So good. And I do think now I've come around, and I think I do think I like Renaissance more than lemonade and it's interesting to see the the various takes that people have about their favorite songs on renaissance because i feel like everyone has such Mm -hmm. a different song and yeah i forgot the exact rankings that i had on for for the album when we recorded this episode but i think Mm -hmm. now my favorite songs are definitely uh, the heated outro oh my god so good heated and Mm -hmm. i still love Virgo's Groove so much mm-hmm. so and I do enjoy Cuff It um I feel like falling in love yeah yeah so Real. it's true it's true and I and is Summer Renaissance still your top song probably heated and I okay, think period. the stat showed period. that it yeah, was yeah, heated yeah. I, th- I think if if you know I do, I do love Summer Renaissance, and I want to say it was in my top five songs, but... It was, I think, your number one song. But I think... On no, I think Heated was. I'm oh, oh, sure oh, on my ranking? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. On my ranking, Summer Renaissance was... Sorry, I was talking about my Spotify stats. Oh, okay. I think Heated was my number one song. So mm-hmm. as as the months played out, Heated... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number yeah. one. Yeah. And then we saw Bodies, Bodies, Bodies and reviewed it, which is, that movie is so That iconic. was life changing. That movie yeah. is so good. I haven't, st- and we watched this back, and we recorded this episode back in August. I've been singing its praises since fucking August, and now people on the timeline are coming around. Okay, I see. See how we're trendsetters? See how we are a f- We are literally so ahead of the curve sometimes. The rest of the world catches up to us, is the truth. Um, anyways, and then in September. That's just the way it is we the midnight's announcement dropped and we were freaking the fuck out and then we also talked about our favorite movies <laughs> the handmaiden and then yeah. the renaissance summerland and yes that was pretty slayful and then in october we had a lavender gate episode because of the lavender haze explanation video and all of the gaylor mm-hmm. implications and then of course mm-hmm. we had our midnight's review episode which was like three fucking hours long i cut it down from four hours guys uh <laughs> Guys, it was be crazy. grateful. Be, be whatever grateful. episode or length of length our episodes are, be grateful because the the raw footage is <laughs> much longer. So if Please. you if you're like a two hour episode, imagine imagine what that it's like carving out from marble. Like we're finding Literally. the episode as we're editing. Literally, Anyways. and that's why we're good directors and producers and. <laughs> Exactly, oh. exactly. Oh, a Lavender Menace reality show, like a cheesy one season MTV reality. Yeah. Like we, well, that would that'd be. be good. And so Midnight's, okay. I think our Midnight's ranking, I don't, I think should have, would have 
could would have should have could have no would have could have should have yeah was and lavender haze were sort of battling it out for me and i was talking mm-hmm. about this today and i was like i think you know my top five of like what have could have should have lavender haze maroon midnight rain mm-hmm. those are like definitely still it for me mm-hmm. um i i had paris stuck in my head yesterday uh those okay, yeah. I'm not hearing the Great War come up in this. The Great War hasn't been on my like list. Bejeweled though. Uh-huh. And Karma I have been has a been bejeweled stuck in my head. girl. Yeah, from, from the beginning. The get. Me yeah. and Bejeweled don't <laughs> these other girlies that are like, oh gee, Bejeweled's actually kind of good. Back You've been up. on it. You've Back been the fuck on it. Up. Yeah, no, and I just, I fucking love Maroon so much, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I mean, what was, because your ranking, it was pretty similar to mine, but. Mine is still Would've, Could've, Should've, Lavender Haze, The Great War, Bejeweled, Maroon, I'd say, Mm -hmm. for right now, and I feel like that's pretty similar to my initial. Yeah, 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 and Glitch is so good, of course. How could I forget Glitch? Actually, scratch that. Hold on. Real quick. <laughs> Would've, could've, should've. Lavender Haze. Glitch. The Great War. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see. And then, as, and then as, as, as said. in November, we did our Do Revenge episode. Do Revenge, not a good movie. Um, nope. Like, why do you want to be a rom-com and a thriller and a mystery and a suspense and, like, what? And, and a, a drug t- lord movie. <laughs> like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And then our most recent episode, or the last episode of the year, was Girls Can Kiss Now, a great essay collection. Pretty slayful. Okay. The other piece of media that we watched in 2022 and we recorded an episode of was yeah. Petite Maman. And By uh, Celine Siama. Mm-hmm. And that's a 2021 movie. Yeah, we did review four albums, two books, seven-ish movies, if we're counting, like, the sh- if we're counting... Both the short film and then also us, the episode where we talk about our favorite movies and review our favorite movies, unless that's a special episode. And and then four shows. And then we had like 4.5-ish mm-hmm. special episodes where there was like the collab, the wrap-up, the midnight announcement, Lavender Gate. Yes. Yeah. Um, but if we do a little um, hot take wrapped of the year... <laughs> It's very... Of our prints on internet culture. Yeah, it's very interesting that our first episode of the year is the Sean Mendes is gay episode. <laughs> yeah. The one yeah. where we talk about, like, queer passing and, yeah. like, performative queerness and stuff like that. Ended up kind of being thematic, I think, for the year. Yeah, and then the episode right after that, which was our Adele episode, um, episode five of season three, our sort of hot take was like giving advice to LGBTQ high schoolers as well. Yes, (laughs) and we were talking about... uh, We were talking about that. So, And sometimes we do get other emails with people asking about like advice and stuff. And we do have that Mm -hmm. episode out. So, and then we have... Oh, was that episode four? Yeah, episode five. And then episode six of our third season was our hot take on reading theory, fan fiction, the split attraction model, sex work, Tumblr queers. And the title of it was Marxist Feminist versus Internet Discourse on Sex. 
flea bag and lamenting abysmal media literacy slash comprehension levels. So, yeah, I think we got, um, yeah. <laughs> and at the beginning of the year, I was. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't, isn't relevant, that the case? Isn't that all throughout 2022? <laughs> Every single bit of that, we, we went over and rehashed like five to six, like every two months, I felt like the same topics kept coming up on on internet discourse generally. Like looking back at our earlier episodes from the year, I'm like, we've been talking about this the entire year. Mm-hmm. Like, have we not moved on? As, as people, <laughs> have we as a people not moved on? Oh, also, I think we actually talked about three books this year because I'm realizing that our Fleabag episode we also talked about last night at the Telegraph Club. Yeah. That was my first book of of the year. 2022. And also in this episode, I read some excerpts from Caliban and the Witch, which I finished early in the year. And Mm -hmm. that's a great book. Great book. Sylvia Federici, great uh, feminist theorist Mm -hmm. and then we had that hot take about uh um misandry and whether it was like a patron submission Mm -hmm. about like joking about men (laughs) not (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) because like i think they made a joke about men who either order like a strawberry smoothie or like a frappuccino or something Mm -hmm. and their friends being like you shouldn't joke like that Mm-hmm. And they were like, mm-hmm. mm, yes, I can. You're right. I remember I remember that email. That one was a good one. I hee hee ha ha. The emails that made me hee hee ha ha was yes. in my mind. Yes. And then we had our Hating on Validity Politics Corny Lesbian <laughs> Short Films and Podcast Updates episode, which was one where we talked about like tankies, quote unquote. And the misuse of the word, like, nuance right, right. and, like, state capitalism because right. someone had submitted a hot take about that and the ideas of around that. And also that they also submit someone submitted that a screenshot of that TikTok that was, like, the oppression of bottoms <laughs> and us talking about, like, right. yeah. As an extension of, like, misogyny, I think, or something uh-huh. like that. Yeah. So that that was Ooh. that was funny. <laughs> the internet sometimes is so silly. Our episode ten of season three, where we talk about Russian doll, is the one where it, we talk about that song that was like, "Hey mom, I like boys too." I'm not a full on raging lesbo. <laughs> that one, yeah. That that was the beginning of the end of my TikTok career. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. because I accidentally spearheaded that. <laughs> reaction right. if you remember right. because there are there are whispers and grumblings and then i posted my reaction and that tiktok went fam- and then after everyone and their mom was talking about i'm not saying that people work it was just the way that the algorithm works mm-hmm. mine just happened to be mm-hmm. that tipping point mm-hmm. there's like a like me and the creator of that audio were like five tiktoks deep responding to each other it was a oh, whole god Ugh, thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I blocked I block that out. We also talked about, like, men directing lesbian movies and what that means. Right. And then also, 
like that New York Post article about lesbian fashion that quoted Jill Gutowitz, <laughs> yep. I think. The beginning of our courtship. Full for Jill circle Gutowitz. moment for sure. Yes. Wow, that's the episode that we talk about Russian doll and Jill Gutowitz, and then at the end of the year, once again Natasha Leone coming back up and yep. <laughs> Jill yep. at the end of the yep, year. Yep, 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 yep. And then we had a hot take talking about, oh, Gaylor Swifties of color, mm-hmm. because a lot of Gaylors are white. Real. Yeah. We also are like, Jill, come on the podcast. <laughs> we, all of 2022, <laughs> we were like, Jill, come on the fucking podcast. We need it. It will happen eventually. We need, that's a 2023 manifestation, guys. Okay, and then we had an email submitted hot take for our Everything Ever All at Once episode, which is episode 12 of season three, where we talk about like the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo Netflix movie adaptation and also the Where the Crawdads Sing adaptation um, because of mm-hmm. Taylor Swift's song in there, which I think has an Oscar nomination, right? I think so, because there are whispers that Taylor's on the EGOT track, which I mean, like, everyone kind of knows, but... Yeah, so she... I, I think mm-hmm. this is the start. And we love Carolina. Or not the start, because she has Grammy. Right. Yes, we... It came out when we were together in mm-hmm. St. Louis, because then we just, like, sat in silence for 45 minutes and <laughs> let it play. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had a sort of introductory communist theory recommendations based off of a listener-submitted hot take some theory that we think you should read and then someone had submitted a hot take about our thoughts on radical feminism and like turfs and uh, like monosexuality quote-unquote um (laughs) and then also there is that hot take about like androphobia or whatever um and oh right like yeah uh, and also, like, general preferences, politics of attraction. That's an episode we get into that. Our Russian Doll Season 2 review, uh, which was our Season 4 premiere. Uh, our listener had submitted that hot... T- the reason why we were anti-Harry Styles was because someone submitted a hot take that was, like, a screenshot of a mm. TikTok of people being like, wow, he's so revolutionary because he's holding the bi flag at Coachella. And Coachella is homophobic. <laughs> Yeah, and then there was the other screenshot that was, like, most Googled people during Pride Month. Right. And it was, like, it was it either number, it was, like, him and Marsha P. Johnson were, like, the top two, <laughs> but, I was, but we were, like, the fact that they're even same in the same breath, or said in the same breath, is, like, an abomination to queer history. And then for our Dairy Girls yeah. episode, the hot take that we sim- that we got was the use of the word sapphic, the myth of queer solidarity, lesophobia versus biphobia outing yourself to co-workers the reading theory versus the infographic industrial complex <laughs> yeah i remember oh, that email this is a real heavy hitter episode mm-hmm. I, I also remember this email really getting into the meat and potatoes of the lavender menace literally and then for our first kill heartstopper episode we talked about like allyship and performative internet solidarity uh, because someone submitted a hot take on this as well as like uh, again we talked about the issue of like monosexism and like 
biphobia, right? Like how these things mm-hmm. are tied to each other in the way people talk about them online and how it's fucking stupid and whatnot. But then also someone had submitted a question about like the Nordic model of like democratic socialism and why we don't really fuck with that. And then another email from a listener talking about mm-hmm. the solidarity that trans women and lesbians have. And that was really sweet. I just think that it's interesting how like we have solidarity versus privilege, Nordic model versus communism, and then Heartstopper versus First Kill. Like the fact that these topics <laughs> are in one body of work, but it's like that. That's our range. That is the magic of the Lavender Menace. Exactly. Like Period. that is what you guys come here for. <laughs> Please. If you wanted, because po- there's the fucking like Red Scare or whatever, and God knows how many media review podcasts, mm-hmm. but the Lavender Menace is where you come <laughs> to get all of it. Everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone submitted a hot take for our, our Gayler Evidence, but I'm a cheerleader episode where they sort of argue that like the backlash against Gaylorism is just a lot of, you know, homophobia and misogyny, of course. Mm-hmm. And also they sent a uh, a list of, like, Gaylor evidence, sort of an article with it, I think. And Yeah. Uh, or no, 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 they didn't. I brought it up, I think, in the episode because I was like, this shit is gay as hell. Which is interesting that that was an episode because then that was later a paper that I ended up writing for one of my classes essentially it was like in responses like it was in one of my gay classes and like reviewing an article and then I ended up reviewing the Rolling Stones article about Taylor Swift and Gaylorism and stuff like that with the Midnight's release as Gaylor becomes more popular it becomes like a recreation or like a space for people to be homophobic Mm -hmm. without having to admit that they're being homophobic because they can say they don't hate gay people they just hate Gaylor's Mm -hmm. And anyways, this is and then our next episode about um, Carolina and Sally Rooney, Mm -hmm. we talk we had a hot take about like porn Mm -hmm. and also teens sexuality and kids sort of coming to terms with their sexuality and like fan fiction and stuff like that. And we sort of get into the politics of like pornography. (laughs) That episode was when my laptop started breaking. Right, 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 right. Do we remember that? Yes. God. But our Renaissance episode... Nevertheless, we persisted. Yes. Our Beyonce episode yes. was the one where we got a hot take about the private jet CO2 emission discourse. <laughs> and then also Jojo Siwa <laughs> saying that she doesn't like the word lesbian. Uh, yeah, those were the hot takes that we got for that. Now, didn't she have an epic rise and fall this year? Right. What's what's Jojo Siwa's wrapped? Right. And for 2023, like, for our Bodies, Bodies, Bodies episode, we talked about, like, non-binary and non-binary lesbian identity, and then also, like, clocking mm-hmm. into the butch defense uh, hours, and, <laughs> of course. Yes, of course, right, as always. Uh, talking about butch femme relationships in history and culture, and also about how we don't like non-binary as like a third gender trying to have this gender trinary bullshit. I just think our title as like if you hadn't heard our podcast before and then you just see the episode title non-binary as their gender boo. Yep. <laughs> and then butch femme yay. Uh huh. Exactly. 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 And it's because a lot of butches and femmes aren't non-binary. Period. But like. That's not because it's an non-binary is a third gender. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
Yeah. It takes an elevated mind. <laughs> and then we didn't have a hot take for our midnight announcement or the lavender haze or the midnight's review episode because, girl. We didn't have time. <laughs> the episode would have been five hours long if we Literally. tried to do anything else. And then, of course, our episode 12 of season four episode was um, a listener submitted a hot take or about fat phobia and butch identity. And mm-hmm. then our most recent one that's up now, our De- our December episode, was about, like, coming out and, you know, yeah. Kit Connor being bullied. Back on the Heartstopper shit. Right. Back on the Joe Gutter. Right. <laughs> we, we were consistent throughout the year in that regard. Right, exactly. So, yeah, that's all the hot takes that we got to this past year. Like, we have... We have mm-hmm. a continual legacy. Like, that's a real fucking legacy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is for real. Mm-hmm. That's so, like, if you, if someone in the future, now, whatever, like, just edited the hot take portions of our episodes and, like, compiled them all together. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of hours of us being talk- correct. Talking about things that our lovely listeners, send us to exactly because (laughs) who else can look back on shit that they said a year over a year ago and be like yep still true still accurate (laughs) would say that again right 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 would say that today (laughs) exactly now we can get into our recommendations yay okay do you have a recommendation for me actually wait hold on we should do how many movies did you watch this year because i want to talk about how many books i watched i read this year i watched almost 200 i didn't hit 200 i think i was like at 198 but i also like 30 of those are short films as well so not all of them are full-length films that's just how many logs i have Mm. because my goodreads reading challenge of 2022 was 250 books which i did not meet I only read 235 books of 20 in 2022. Boo-hoo. That's crazy. <laughs> but, you know, a fair amount that of that was, you know, novellas, graphic novels, comics, poetry collections. You know, it's not like I'm reading a you fucking also... tome every day. <laughs> How many of those were audiobooks would you say just in general let's see i've probably at probably at least at least 60 percent audiobooks would Mm. say 20 to 30 percent ebooks and then everything else is physical so not that much physically read because girl who has time for that that physical tbr that but also a beast that survives to another literally my physical tbr is ever growing but also uh, the audio- sometimes when I have an audiobook that mm-hmm. when I get an audiobook for my physical TBR, it's like, guys, guys, this this is a game changer because that way I can be like, now I read my book, like, OMG. Also, the ebooks as well is because, you know, like comics and graphic novels and stuff, that shit's mm-hmm. expensive. It's easier to just check stuff out online. And also when I'm like working or when I'm like literally on the clock, I can just, you know, pull, have my phone out and just like read stuff on my phone. Well, that's how I got through some books as well. And sort of just like on commutes, listening to audiobooks, uh, on commutes, reading mm-hmm. ebooks, uh, walking around, listening to audiobooks, you know, getting ready, listening to audiobooks. 
that is essential like that's how i wind down this is my c- constant state is just listening to audiobooks usually <laughs> so that's sort of mm-hmm. how i i still need to do my statistical breakdown i haven't yet about like the genre the demographics of the authors like stuff like that and of course like format yeah. of of things nonfiction versus fiction etc so i haven't really done that yet you know what year they were published in whether it was like this year or this decade or century or whatever so it's I'm not really sure about that yet but yeah I mean I it was a pretty good reading year I would say I got to a lot of really solid books and I discovered new favorite authors such as Alyssa Nutting that crazy bitch love her um (laughs) and oh is she the one that had where it was an adaption or she had like a she had an adaption for show that you watched yeah made for love i didn't finish the show yeah because it was making me too uncomfortable but (laughs) yeah you would like watch it for like 15 minutes and then have to pause and like take a 45 minute break Literally. And I read a lot of romance novels this year, actually. Oh, yeah. I wrote down a 2023 goal for the podcast that I'd be interested in, Mm -hmm. which is um, more book reviews, but including bad books. I think it's time for us to to talk about bad books. It's true. Um, Because, yeah, something to talk about. And we can start. Right. We could start with something to talk about. (laughs) I did read it, like, years ago, like, probably in 2021, right? Which is when I recommended it to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... 2021 or 2022 this past year i don't rem- i might have recommended it to you in this past year or the year i don't remember to be honest probably this past year anyways it's a we bad should, book we should review bad books because we have been pretty doing pretty earnest reviews of good books because mm-hmm. we've done some we obviously we've done quite a few reviews of bad movies and quite a few reviews of bad shows yeah or at least one bad show mm-hmm first kill which we didn't finish obviously but yeah exactly. a shitty book would be would be fun to get into for sure for sure how was your like movie watching year for you oh wait also i got mine was i got into i like read a lot oh, yes. more i feel like i read a lot more poetry this year as well and i always mm. read a lot of short story collections and nonfiction, but i feel like i i i feel like i read a lot more niche short story collections and nonfiction this year because I feel like my mm-hmm. past couple years of reading short story collections and nonfiction was just sort of catching up or doing this or or you know getting to the stuff that everyone has read and getting to all the mm-hmm. nonfiction in theory that most people have already covered and stuff now I'm getting to a lot of you know new releases things that are more niche and more like translated stuff things that I just picked up um and so yeah anyways I have 211 diary entries, which includes rewatches. I watched 297.2 hours. This is kind of okay. Hash- Anyways, whatever. Um, but I'm crying because that is. Is your serialized exactly. more scary? No, actually, this the hashtag. This was a big year for film for the Renaissance Nation. I struggled a lot finishing series this past year most of them were in the beginning and then like a league of their own and i'm like finishing 
White Lotus like right now, like on the first. I did not finish it before the end of the year. My top releases though this year were of course Everything Everywhere All at Once and Tar. But then there was also Cinnamon in the Wind, which was the special by Caperland. Um, and then obviously Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, this year I got more into, well, I tried to keep up with the new releases, but not all of them appealed and some of them were not accessible because each year I kind of pick like a different, like not challenge, but new niche of movie that I want to start watching. So in 2020, because of the pandemic, I chose Gemma Arterton's filmography of course. Um, and I finished that in 2020. 2021 was a lot of like lesbian film, I'd say, mm -hmm. and just expanding outside of like one particular filmography. And then this past year was same year releases and like more, I'd probably say indie or niche movies, stuff that people on film Twitter talk about, of course, mm -hmm. but not any like big blockbusters. Mm -hmm. So this year, I rewatched Anais in Love four times, Cinnamon in the Wind three times, Mamma Mia, of course, three times, and Canto three times, and everything, everywhere, all at once, twice. And I'd say this year in general, I'm realizing now how many movies get made all of the time. Like, not every movie that gets made is it's good. good. Right. In fact, most of the movies that are made all of the mid. time are bad yeah mid to bad mm -hmm. so that's actually very eye-opening for me as someone who is interested in possibly writing or being behind the curtain mm -hmm. is like the idea that you have to be really talented and breaking the mold every time you make a movie is in fact not true a lot of people do not care about that when going into making movies and I, I at this point I have seen enough movies to know that this is in fact the truth right right Let's see, my top watches this year that I watched, hold on, let me go to my list. Because I watch. I had some solid first watches mm -hmm. this year. Well, see, I have watched 43, I think, or 44 movies this year, counting the rewatches. <gasps> wow. I know. I, I, need, I need to flip my ratio, though. Maybe, because maybe, this year I watched twice, or in, over, I had twice as many logs. And a little under twice as many hours as last year. And listen, was a lot of that due to depression? Yes. But also, my movie to, to outside of class book ratio this year is kind of horrendous. So I think 2023 is the year of... I'm gonna... Okay, so my 2023 goal for movies is cult classics because there are just so many cult classics that, like, I know the references, I know who's in them, but I haven't actually seen them. So that's what I'm gonna be exploring. The real heavy hitters. But for books, I want to get more and more. Right. I want to... How many books did you read last year? Outside... Well, okay. Outside of class, I'm assuming. Well, just in general, because I included a couple of class oh, okay. books in my... Yeah, in I I just I log everything but, I read, so it's so it's not like in the hundreds. 
<laughs> well, my movies so, are not in the hundreds. It's so embarrassing. I think I set it's my reading so challenge for the next year to be 220, I'm pretty sure. Because I obviously didn't meet my 250 goal this past year. Last year, I think I genuinely read like... That's so embarrassing. Like 20. But also, most of what I read is... Um, physical basically all of what i've read is physical mm -hmm. which literally even though i've always known that you've listened to audiobooks and i use librivox recording mm -hmm. i never thought of oh i could use librivox to just listen to audiobooks for generally so at the very end of the year i listened to pride and prejudice and now i'm like oh i and that took me well, because I was also, I was a little bit bus club, another bus, another club mm -hmm. this past week. But that literally took me like 10 days to get through mm -hmm. with all of the day breaks. Like that was just my Goodreads log mm -hmm. from start to finish. And I'm like, I can get through so many books yeah. if I... Exactly. And especially because I'm a hashtag classics kind of girl. Mm -hmm. A lot of the things that I want to read are on LibriVox recordings. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? This... This shifts things. This changes things. Um, for sure. Because that's essentially what I did when I was, like, in middle school as well. Like, I was yeah. like, let me let me get into this. And it was, like, all the children's classics and classics and stuff. Uh, well, it was physical reading and also a lot of audiobooks as well. And we get in, I got into this in our bonus episode that is, like, a hundred minutes long on <laughs> Patreon. But also, because I oh, started yeah, yeah. getting into audiobooks as well in 2022, because, or no, in 2020. Because if I look back at my reading yeah. challenges of the past, you know, past few years, in 2019, I read 32 books. In 2020, I read 263 mm -hmm. books. And, um,. <laughs> You we what a jump what a jump. I fucking know it and it's because in 2020 I got into audiobooks um and yeah at the very beginning of the year I remember listening to the audiobook of my year with relaxation and I basically read it I listened to it in like one sitting essentially because I listened to things on like anywhere between 1.8 times speed to 2.9 times speed so so <laughs> yeah. for so for me like an eight hour audiobook or a seven hour audiobook which is what my year of rest and relaxation is takes three to four mm -hmm. hours and so i can do yeah. that in like that's literally what i did for exactly my year of rest and so relaxation. i sit down i also listened to it i listen to it i months. play candy crush i lay down and then that's how i get through them right <laughs> um and then in 2021 i read 203 books and this past year, I read 235. Mm -hmm. So to get to like a sort of even ground, like a median between my reading goal and completion of 2021 and 2022, I am going to shoot for 220 books for 2023. And so I think that's that's pretty reasonable. But I think like because I watch like I, I wasn't very intentional about watching movies this past year, but I think... It, mm -hmm. in this upcoming year in 2023 i'm going to try to watch 50 movies like new movies and mm -hmm. because this past year like i have like same year releases no just 50 new movies that oh. i haven't seen before oh got it 
because the movies that I haven't seen before in this past year that I watched, a lot of them were kind of just like mid, mm-hmm. but some of them were pretty solid. I mean, what were your standouts besides? Because you rewatch Anais in Love and of course Everything Everywhere all at once. Yeah, this year was also, I was really, so I was focused on same year releases, but also just like new movies. I think this year I watched more like first watches then rewatches in general I really tried to limit my rewatches hold on I can actually pull that up so yeah only 22.7 percent of my logs this year were rewatches I had 163 new watches and then for tags first watches yeah 162 but my top first watches I did watch The Godfather this year which um, was really good. In the Mood for Love, The Apartment, Oh, Le Bonheur, which is by Agnes Varda, was a first watch. Uh, My Life as Zucchini was a first oh, watch. Oh, such a Roman cute movie. Holiday was a first watch, right? Um, The Heart of They Fall was a first watch. That one also came out kind of recently because it came out in 2021. Orlando was a first watch. Um, Go Fish was a first watch. Saving Face was a first watch. Salut les Cubains. Yeah. Also an Agnes Varda movie, American Psycho, The Watermelon Woman. Because we watched uh, uh, The Watermelon Woman and Saving Face for a main feed, and then Watermelon Woman for the Patreon. Yeah. I also watched the Before series this year, When Harry Met Sally. So those were some of my older, like not same year releases, first watches of this year that I really, really enjoyed. Those are just some highlights. And so I, but also because I watched so many first watches in 2022 and my faves of, my first watches of 2022 list is only 63 films. That literally means that over, or about a hundred of the first watches that I watched this year were mid to bad. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Making a film logistically is difficult. Like that is a crap. Like just it takes so many people. Start to finish. Right. Yeah, that's hard. Do people care about making good films? No. Yeah. And after watch or after having read something to talk about, anything can get published. Mm-hmm. So you know what? If you want to be a writer, mm-hmm. pick a medium and go for it mm-hmm. because so. So much mid to bad stuff. Literally. It gets made and Mm -hmm, goes out there mm -hmm. and people get paid for it. Yep. Because the good first watches of this year that I enjoyed, of course, Petite Maman, Mm -hmm. which is going to be up. But Well, of course. So that's for an episode as well. Right. Everything that was four four stars or above for me on... For movies, like if we're ta- if it's the fraction is out of like forty four or forty three or something, or if it's not mm-hmm. rewatches new, if it's new, it'd be out of forty ish probably. I don't have a Letterbox Pro, so yeah. I don't have my hashtag stats. A date for Mad Mary, which I recommended, and I liked the worst person in the world, mm-hmm. and you did, yeah, and Born in Flames, nineteen eighty three, directed by Lizzie Borden, phenomenal movie, five star movie, mm-hmm. one of the only five star movies of the year, like five star first watches and amazing incredible lesbian socialist film um and bodies 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 of course phenomenal and summerland was a four-star first watch and antigone 2019 french movie 
four star yeah, first you told watch. Me about that one. Of course, everything everywhere all at once, and then a twenty eighteen m- movie Tully, four star first watch. Of course, the Watermelon Woman, four star first watch, and then Daughters of the Dust, nineteen ninety one film, four star first watch. And then, of course, five-star Saving Face. And Passing. Oh, no, that was last year. Or the year before last year. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, that's like a handful. That's like five, four. That's like 10%. 10% of what I watched. <laughs> so, um, eh. And Would- that compared to, like, for, my, for the books that I read, what, like 15, yeah. 20 of those books are, like, five-star reads. So it's like really again, yeah. it's ten percent of the and of course with four star reads, it would probably be what, twenty, twenty five percent of the books. Because I have good taste. I pick up books that I want to mm-hmm. read, right? Maybe even forty, <laughs> thirty to forty yeah. percent of the books that I read would be in the four to five star range. But it's mm-hmm. like the like excellent media, excellent books, excellent movies. That's the very slim minority of the things that we've been consuming, that I've been consuming. It's like one-tenth. Yeah. One, there's a one out of ten chance that when I watch or read something, it's going to be, wow, this this blew me away and I really enjoyed it. So, eh. Yeah. Well, the, pre- or the two years, so 2020 and 2021, I was really on, like, watching things that I know or that I think of, like, like, in my taste so mm-hmm. I was rarely ever disappointed to me every like I was pretty good at picking what I thought I would like or like watching things that for the first time but like I knew that I would like and so in 2022 I was like I just want to watch movies which is essentially why I did like new year releases and stuff like like things that were less genre specific so I could get outside of that because Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, or is important slash was important for me last year to not only know like what I like and kind of stay in that safety but also just see like what the landscape in general was and even though that leads to the disappointment of like um, watching like a hundred films that are mid to bad it also is kind of like that thing where if you want to do something or you want to figure out how something is made like you take it apart and then put it back together it's like well finding all of these flaws in movies or finding what I don't like about movies has made it easier or has made like the smart decisions of films that I like more impactful as well and Mm -hmm. being like actually not everyone thinks like this Mm -hmm. actually it is quite hard to do something unconventional in film as a director I think especially just the way that films look there's a really cookie cutter way to make a movie and I think when you watch a lot of cookie cutter movies I'm not suggesting everyone watch cookie cutter movies because like they are pretty boring but it does make when you see something it offers some perspective it does break that mold yeah it, it does offer some perspective and then you're like damn shit people who are really good actors and are really good directors are in fact talented like it's not yeah people it, not it's everyone as easy as it looks, can but it's also not right <laughs> not everyone can do the shit for yeah. real uh that's that definitely is how i feel for when real. i when i read bad writing it's like ooh, girl <laughs> Well, wasn't there's like a hot take or something where we're like 
professional writers are so important. Like, yeah. people, good writers deserve to be paid well. Like, yes. Because not everyone can do this. Yes. Not every bio major can just be like, oh, I can be a writer if I wanted to. No, actually. You couldn't. No. <laughs> I've read it. I've seen it. Being a being a good writer mm-hmm. is actually Because most difficult. English majors can barely do it. Right? People who study this shit can barely make good things. Mm-hmm. People who are in this, dedicate their life to this shit. So it's just interesting that people, I mean, of course you have the prodigies who don't, but that's true for every field. There's people who don't do anything yeah. and then are just like, you know. But yeah, so I mean, uh, yeah. I think maybe that can just be our year end wrap up can be our recommendations instead. Our recommendation is to consume okay. more media and be critical thinkers yeah. about it. You had over 200 books, not two over 200 movies. And we're like, next year? more (laughs) and we gotta get these numbers and we have to get the numbers up (laughs) the stockbroker who walks into the room it's like guys guys we need to get the numbers up (laughs) we're like on like the wall street literally just like shuffling papers being like no recommendation pass this book pass this movie link everyone move go 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 new year release right 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 Ugh. And next year, we can't wait to tell you that we watched 400 movies and read 400 books. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, we had a wonderful 2022 with y'all. And, you know, mm-hmm. 2023, here's here's to um, an amazing year. Happy New Year from the Lavender Menace. Yeah. And, and we saw each other twice in Twice 2022. in 2022. We had two... Renaissance IRL. I know, because in 2021 we had one. 2022, we had two. 2023, we should have three, guys. Do we see the vision? Do we see the vision? Well, because in 2023, we already, we're going, we're seeing Taylor Swift together. Exactly. I don't know if it's gonna, if we're gonna have multiple or just one long long, one. Like, an extended Renaissance era. Or yeah it's gonna yeah yeah, yeah. it's gonna be multiple but we'll see you know we'll see the year can take us anywhere you'll be along for the ride with us it's true. listeners and patrons hopefully 2023 is for more and new patrons yes please because Yay. actually upcoming patreon episode we're gonna be reviewing glass onion the second knives out movie yes. so keep your ears and eyes peeled for that um but yeah thanks so much for listening and you'll see us in our next episode (laughs) bye slay bye